bad and bullshit. Welcome to David Moskov's Dating Service. My name's Erica. I'm Erin. And with us, we have the man du jour, David Moskov. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I guess in the past week, Jesus um, Christ. <laughs> the Bitchy podcast has become the David Moskov Dating Service. And, uh, you know, I find it hilarious. It felt a little weird. Can a man just die alone in peace? <laughs> no. I mean, we're trying to let you. <laughs> I was trying very hard for myself, obviously. You know that episode of The Simpsons where, where Flanders <laughs> is walking down the street and Globex keeps trying to hire him? And he's like, can a man walk down the street without being offered a job in this country? <laughs> I mean, it sounds funny, but literally I don't know. I see. Okay. You're one of those kids. Like, did your parents not let you watch The Simpsons? No. Yeah. My mom didn't let us either, but she was a single mom. And so our brother and I were like, you got to go to work, lady. Can't stop us. <laughs> and look at us now. Yeah, you're so well adjusted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, listen, keep thirsting after David if you want, but man, slide into his DMs. <laughs> Uh, yeah i mean we're good thanks like we actually know david so that's (laughs) well that ought to cool things (laughs) oh engine cooling right there keep redlining no but we uh we appreciate your time uh hanging out with us i I love joining you yeah so let's get into it what we got what's on the docket (laughs) So, I mean, I guess, you know, number one topic is this ongoing election. <laughs> I guess we should talk about that. Um, yeah. So what, we're in the like, third week, halfway point. Erica, I know you and I were discussing this yesterday. It was really just a, why are we still having this election? What are we doing here? What are the issues? Why? 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 It's really where we're at. Why? I honestly have no idea anymore I don't know I don't know why I really don't I really um I'm so tired of this election already I just want the pain to end yeah the years start coming and they don't stop coming right you know it we start with a, a government that thinks it has the advantage in such a way that it can either win a majority or secure uh, another minority and probably thinks that this is the best chance to go between now and, and when the parliament expires, because if not, who knows what's going to happen. So you go for it. But the backlash was, was predictable. The extent of it, I think was, was less predictable. I've been a little bit surprised at just how much people pushed back and how sustained the pushback has been, because I expected some of it, but not this much. And if you, if you had tracked all the elections we'd had throughout the pandemic, incumbents did pretty well up until Nova Scotia. And something seems to have turned. People have just had enough. <laughs> we're tired, we're angry, we're scared, we're pissed. And I think Justin Trudeau is now you know, bearing the brunt of that, that, that deep anxiety and frustration. Yeah, I think we're all kind of suffering a little bit from like some PTSD or something because I mean, I think we're weary we're just weary and it's 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 been what are we month 18 Mm -hmm. 19 something like that I mean it's been the sustained onslaught now and in Ontario I just see that the numbers are kicking up yeah like I I, I mean how much longer that's all I want to know how much longer and then they they scheduled an and the election is so unnecessary and everybody knows it. Yeah. That's well, the yeah. thing. They have, the government's, rather the, the Liberal Party and Justin Trudeau have been unable to communicate why we're having this election. And uh, people feel that, right? I mean, I, but again, I mean, I thought it would go away within a week, like it did in BC as an mm-hmm. issue, but it hasn't. And I think 
um, <laughs> like Erica says, it's month 18. It's <coughs> a long damn time. And uh, also, I think we might have talked about this before, but in a federation, people are really bad at knowing who to, to reward and who to blame. <laughs> right? You know, and, and rightfully so, because it's complicated. And so when they're angry, they kind of look around and say, okay, you'll do. You know, I, I want to punish someone for, for my anger, for my frustration and for living through 18 months of a pandemic. Uh, you're the guy in front of me. Saddle up, partner. You're the one. And I think there's I think there's a lot of that combined with people being over Justin Trudeau. Right. That the, the honeymoon is long over. Yeah, David, I think that your point about the the backlash being so sustained is definitely being felt by the liberals. And I think they also didn't expect it to last this long given their absolute surprise and it still being a conversation. Um, and it, it was going to be a cakewalk. They 100% thought it was going to be a cakewalk. They thought that, Oh, well they gave people Serb and therefore people will vote for them again. Well, this brings me to a question then. What's interesting, too, is the bump in the NDP. I don't know if it's quite typical, a part of their pattern, because they do tend to peak early. But maybe they're not at the peak. And I'm wondering if people are some, there are people who are rewarding the NDP for extending CERB and, and, and getting the wage, whatever programs extended and, 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 beefed up and I'm wondering if people are actually noticing that what do you think well I think for I mean for one um the NDP support has been pretty stable throughout the uh, throughout the, the election so far it, it hasn't really surged it hasn't really fallen it's just sort of been stable and so you know that's so why there is people, no bump well I mean I think there's a bump compared to to where they were previously yeah like i think compared to like 2019 there's definitely a bump but like, oh, okay yeah i don't yeah i mean i think if you look at them you know sort of uh from from the writ period the beginning of the writ period to now there hasn't been a ton of movement what you've seen is actually what looks like a bit of a dick actually uh you know the liberals if you look at the graph it looks like a dick uh, the the, the liberals have yeah the liberals have dropped and the and the conservatives have risen and they sort of intersect uh, and, and that's the movement the seems to have been between <laughs> no at the at the at the um, the tip yeah, at the tip <laughs> I regret I regret this analogy I so can, much I can go on but I know <laughs> I, I did this to myself slide into his DMs but I, I but I <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, but the NDP's, you know, polling uh, slightly close to where they were at the end of 2019. They were sort of, you know, in, in around 20%, give or take, a little bit lower. Now they're sort of hovering similarly. Between the period they were down, now they're kind of back to that. But the liberals and the conservatives are the ones who seem to be trading off Right. So a lot of that movement is, is red and blue. It's not orange. The, the NDP is sort of humming along at a number, by the way, and a distribution that they will find favorable because they're kind of looking at adding a dozen seats because that Ooh. liberal dip, they must, they're picking up some support, obviously, and that liberal dip will serve them well. Right. I mean, that's uh, ditto with some conservatives, but like if they, you know, add a dozen seats and end up with. Wow. 36 seats or something like that. That's a good that day. That would be impressive. Be. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. The, <laughs> the Liberal Party, geez. Where should I start with them? Hmm. Where should we start, Aaron? Uh, I mean, we can start with their entirely meh platform that they released this week. Okay. So... <laughs> Because we're in politics, we have to consume certain content, one of which was the liberals unveiling of their platform, which honestly, it looked like an HR like onboarding video, mm -hmm. like when you start <laughs> to work at like the bay, mm -hmm. you know, welcome to the bay, Canada's, yeah, you, know popular, what you know, good luck finding a cashier. <laughs> 
You know, in succession, when Roman goes to the management training program and he watches that yes. video. About that's Wade what I was thinking oh, that's of. Exactly, exactly it. That's exactly, thank you. That's exactly what I was thinking of. If you guys don't want to watch succession, uh, do. It's crazy. So, <laughs> yeah, the liberals uh, and their meh platform and their even super meh like unveiling of said platform. It was just, I don't know, why was the lighting so bad? I don't understand. But, but this was Metaphor. the thing, right? Like, this was the opportunity to be flashy and show people and tell people why we were having this election. There was no burning platform presented. There were no, like, as like a reason, not necessarily like literally the platform, um, but there was no real, like, big audacious ideas in the platform itself to encourage people to actually go out and vote. But they called it bold. That's what was so jarring. And I'm like, oh, what They I said thought. it was the most progressive platform from a liberal party ever. This was the sort of in, what the insider folks were saying to the journalists, um, which is the sort of the thing you say when you have nothing and you're just totally full of shit. <laughs> Because if you have to go and say to someone like, oh, this is very progressive, Becca's the most progressive ever, don't bother checking. Clearly the thing's not speaking for itself, right? right. Like the, the conservative platform in a way spun itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The NDP platform, not as much, but it was predictable NDP. The liberal platform does not spin itself. You're, you're left le- you know, relying on party insiders to tell you it's really good. Trust me, don't check the numbers. Um, of course, so the, liberal. Well, and, and the thing is what they have, when I say don't check the numbers, I mean, you know, they're relying on, on this talking point that, well, it's costed and the Tory plan isn't costed. And then you dig into the numbers and you sort of see like, okay, you know, some things are not quite as advertised, but yeah, it's costed. People don't give a shit that it's costed. Mm-hmm. That's not, no one's saying, oh, this is a really good plan. I'm really inspired. Let me check the costing. Uh, <laughs> That's not how people are going through it. And, and so this sort of looks a lot more like the liberals are running the Tory campaign of 2015 than the liberal campaign of 2015. Talking about costing, my God, uh, it's stunning to me. There was, you know, a lot of us sort of cynically expected a hook, you know, yeah, UBI we or something like that, last, right? Last week, yeah. yeah, we talked about it. There's no hook. No, there's nothing. Blues there's Traveler nothing. would be so disappointed. I mean... Every deep cut. God. I'm sorry. I'm very, I'm very sorry. Slide <laughs> into those DMs. <laughs> Big Blues Travelers fans out there. <laughs> you know where to find me. You know what? You know what it is, David. You're going to start talking about baking or something, and that's what gets you. The fact that I can put a bunch of stuff in a bowl and then put it in the oven. Yeah. Is that the? Uh-huh. Is that how low the fucking bar is? <laughs> yes. Like, do you have an oven and do you know how to put eggs and flour in a bowl? Oh, I did make bourbon pumpkin, but we can talk about that a different time. But I did. Did you save any? Did you save yeah, any? I froze. I froze. I've made two loaves. I froze one because if not, I would eat them both. But the previous week I made mocha bread, which, by the way, is actually quite complicated. It's actually tricky to make. Uh, and I did the same thing, but then I, I, I thawed it immediately and ate them all. So I don't <laughs> no, love my chances. It's the, it's the bourbon one. Can you save me some? I can make another one. Bring very us easy. Cool. Bring us some. Okay. Yeah. Actually, no. Okay. Serve it for when you make us cocktails. Okay. Fine. Oh yeah. 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 Party at David's house. Yep. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. okay. You're all invited. <laughs> People who are listening to us make our social plans for some reason. <laughs> no. I'm uh, sorry. As an aside, I did something almost very like very bad today. What? Uh, and I wanted to tell you both, but I'd forgotten until now. Um, I had to send my proof of vaccination to the fitness studio that I work at just because we now have a vaccination policy for staff. And they just wanted to make sure that like, there's a record. Yeah. Because of the, the Ontario uh, vaccination mandate mm-hmm. or passport, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, because the person I was supposed to send it to, her name is Jennifer. I just typed in J-E-N into the two bar and I almost sent it to Jenny Kwan. Oh. <laughs> so that would have been real awkward. <laughs> we are 
doing a series on women of color on the campaign trail. Um, I think Jenny dropped today, Jenny Kwan. So, which was a super inspiring, like interview, like discussion. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, especially amid the dumpster fire that is this election. <laughs> exactly. So there's a little silver lining there. David, you should listen. I absolutely will. Cool. I, I quite I quite like uh, Jenny Kwan. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's she was awesome. She was awesome. I would like to be able to to uh, vote for a, a new Democrat who will win someday. Well, we have a good one in Ottawa Center, Angela. Uh, as I, so I'm moderating the Ottawa Center debate and I'm, I'm officially neutral. Right. All the candidates are extraordinary and I wish them all the best. Of course. It is of course. Strong, it's a very strong like list of candidates. It is. Yeah. I mean, Ottawa Center is a great, fascinating riding that, that attracts really high profile, uh, high quality candidates. And yeah, because Yasser Nakvi is good too. <laughs> yep. Everyone's great. Like, I'm just awesome. saying, no, 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 no. He, he is. So he's a great candidate. Anyway, That's back to me. the liberal platform. <laughs> Such as it is. Uh, so notably in the Liberals platform, Pharmacare was missing. I mean, it, it was sort of there as a as an aside. And they're playing off this deal with PEI and the fact that there's a coordination office. But here's the thing. They're not all in on Pharmacare for for right now. They're all in on childcare. That's the that's the pony they've picked. Yeah. And uh, like not, not a damn thing wrong with going all in on childcare. I mean, for sure. Yeah. But they've been promising pharmacare for decades uh, and they've been hammering on it recently. It's just not happening. Not yeah. now, not now. Also, I'm a little bit surprised childcare isn't resonating as much as I thought it would with people and taking up as much space in the, in the discourse as I thought it would. But there are other things too, that. reconciliation, climate, so on and so forth. But I really thought childcare would be would be a major persistent headline that would move votes. It doesn't seem to be happening. I feel like they did the childcare thing too early. Yeah. I think I think they dropped it too early. They should have let the platform speak for itself if they were so damn. Just release the platform. First of all, I don't know how you call an election without a platform. Maybe that's just me. But it just, it seems like the liberals don't come prepared. Did they not have a platform or did they wait for everyone else to show their cards? Okay, but then they dropped, like they they already told us about the major parts of the platform. Well, yeah. Well, that's the old play. What's what's the point then? If you're going to come out last, okay, then you got to bring it, Mm -hmm. right? I agree. You got to bring it. Yeah. And they didn't bring it. They told yeah. us they were going to bring it in that stupid welcome to the Bay, you know, kind of like PR, bad lighting, terrible script. I felt like they were lecturing me. And that's the thing about like, oh my God. I'm like, you're not my dad. Okay. Stop lecturing me. <laughs> like, I feel like there's a condescension there. And just the way it sounded, I thought it was, ugh. I just, I was exhausted just listening to it. I was like, oh God, more there, more of them. Oh, so anyway, I, I, I am totally unimpressed, completely unimpressed with this plan. But Erica, I know you were impressed with something that Marcy Ian did this week. Yeah. So Marcy Ian (laughs) decided not to, um, you know, I could be crude and say it a certain way, but I won't. Decided to choose her consti- her constituents over promoting the liberal brand. And I believe she was in, uh, what's the writing called, David? Hers? Toronto, is it Toronto, Toronto Center. Center? Yeah, yeah Toronto, Toronto Center. Center. So <clears throat> she was in Toronto Center, and I guess um, she was asked a question about the blood ban. I'm not sure how she, I don't know the exact words, but what came across was that she was not there to defend their record on the blood ban, which is another thing that the liberals promised in 2015 and have yet to do is removing the blood ban for 
you know, two plus LGBTQ people. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, it pisses me off about that. I mean, a lot of stuff pisses me off about this. I, I interviewed uh, a, a couple of folks who were involved with challenging it. Uh, Christopher Karras and Gregory Coe. <laughs> um, what frustrates me is that the liberals sort of hide behind technocracy here and say, well, you know, it's complicated. It's it's a Canada blood services thing and we're working on it and blah, blah, blah. They always do this. They make they shoot their mouths off with big promises. And when they fail to, the, to deliver, they say, oh, you don't understand. It's complicated. I like, go, yeah. OK, then, motherfucker, don't make the promise. Yeah. Yeah. Or say, we'll yeah. work on it. And we don't know it's complicated, but that's not but what you said to me. But that's condescension, Yeah, right? you said to me that you're going to deliver, and then you didn't deliver. So pick a lane, man. And, and, and then yeah. their little trolls on Twitter will go and, and they'll defend them based on their motivated reasoning <laughs> to sort of tell me or others, uh, you don't understand. It's complicated. Like, okay, well, then that should be your message from day one, not we're going to do it. Whether well, it's, it's trees or the pipeline or electoral reform or the blood ban or selling being a feminist government that sells weapons to a butcher regime in Saudi Arabia like come on man don't pretend we're stupid yeah and like the condescension Erica Simon imagine being at work and telling your boss you couldn't do something because it was too hard (laughs) right I know I told you I'd I get you I that told thing you on I Thursday. Get to see you by Thursday, but yeah, yeah but that, it's, it's, I'm actually gonna get it to you in 2023 because it's complicated. Yeah, exactly. If you if you you know promote me, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Give me your job, and then I'll do the thing I was supposed to do with my job. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're too stupid to understand how great I am. <laughs> what do you want? Do you want? Do you want Sam? You want Sam doing my job? Sam's a fascist. <laughs> Sam's way worse than I am. Like, we're both shit, but he, the, Sam's much, much bigger shit. So which of us do you want? Uh, me, I'm less shit. That's, That's the literally liberal. the liberal pitch. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's like, yeah, we both suck, but I suck less. So hire me. <laughs> yeah. And then be fucking thankful that you did you're welcome i mean i you know one of the ways i was i wrote about slogans recently and i was sort of saying if you look at the liberals in 1949 under louis saint laurent ran on you never had it so good (laughs) that was their slogan and uh they won by the way a huge majority but uh you know the liberals then in in 72 ran on the land is strong with pierre trudeau and they got absolutely crushed and almost lost government came within a seat or two of losing government and to me, Trudeau kind of walks around with the bravado of 49, but has the campaign in the context of 72. And I think that's just not working for people. They see through it. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just think the, sheen's wor- the shine has worn off. Where I, I think a lot of people are telling on themselves, first of all. But second of all, I just, I just think we're, we've, we've been through major trauma, man. We're, we're looking at things differently. And maybe as we rearrange our lives, maybe we're looking at, you know, something different. And I think that is a danger for them. You know, they promised us change. You know, Trudeau took a knee last year and promised Mm -hmm. change. He, Mm -hmm. he, he, he did it in the spring with, um, you know, you know, indigenous, you know, children, the, the, the remains of indigenous children of residential schools that were found and I don't, where, where is it? Cause it's not in this platform. Mm-hmm. I mean, this platform is just, it's a mountain of mediocrity. I mean, I'm looking at the abortion stuff, establishes regulations under the Canada Health Act governing accessibility for sexual and reproductive health service so that there is no question, no matter where someone lives, they have access to publicly available sexual and reproductive health services. What have they been doing for six years? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. this sounds like a 2015 pledge. Did they pull this out from like and dust it off from 2015? There's been a lot. I don't. I don't know about this particular issue, but there's been a lot of of dusting off. I mean, the NDP did it too. It's not new, but there's been a lot of that. Yeah. Have Have we run out of ideas? Like, are there no ideas left? Is that where we are? I mean, and they're also good ideas. I mean, I you know we ought to enshrine that that or protect that right. We ought to have childcare. We ought to have pharmacare. But I mean, one of the pushbacks the liberals are getting is the one Erica is leveling, which is like, where have you been for the last six years? 
Mm. And I think this speaks to, I mean, it speaks to a couple of things. One of them is what are their priorities? Because the priorities will tell you who these folks are. Um, the pandemic, of course, interrupted things, but they were governing for more years out of a pandemic than inside one. And the other thing is, I think they're really bad at managing the legislature, managing the House of Commons and managing bills. I think they're bad governors. And a, a lot of their failures are because they're just not particularly good at that. And if you can't govern, which is to say, you know, manage bills in the House and so on and so forth, then you're going to not deliver your promises. If you can't convene the premiers to deal with the premiers, that speaks to you too, even if they're fractious and difficult. Like we're hiring you to sort it out or we're electing you to sort it out. And I think the, those two things have caught up with them. And I think that's the, like a legit thing to evaluate a prime minister on. Can you govern in the house? Can you <coughs> convene the premiers? Cause that's a, a huge part. And we never talk about that, but it's central to governing. They couldn't learn in six years. <laughs> Well, no, but they didn't. They didn't. And in fact, they got, in a lot of ways, they got worse. And, um, you know, of, of course, the minority parliament made it much more difficult. But again, sorry, it's your job, man. Sort it out. And uh, it's been frustrating to watch. I will say this. Well, they though. didn't have a budget for like how long? What was it? Two years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... They did. They did well on child care, though. I, I really quickly, and then I'll shut up. But, uh, you know, they did sort out the federal thing on child care. But again, it took them six years to do it. So, yeah, and I think they're like they're bad managers in the house because they pick the wrong things to go on and then they like they don't understand how long it takes to make policy. Like the whole C10 situation was completely rushed through for no reason and then it died. The conversion therapy stuff? I mean, they they want to blame the Tories for that, but again, like I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you wanted to get it passed, you could have got it passed. Yeah. They wanted it as an issue, I think, is what it was. I think they sold out, folks, because they wanted it as an issue. I think that's what makes them bad managers, right? It's that prioritizing, <laughs> cynical, cynical prioritization of those bills to, you know, like they do their own stick it to the cons thing, right? And I feel like sometimes they're they're either trying to glorify themselves or like, you know, an election's coming when you see a whole bunch of liberals, you know, grow, you know, some courage on Twitter. I'm like, oh, it must be election. <laughs> Cause they have nothing, they have nothing to say otherwise. So Ontario introduced a vaccine passport this week and David getting to your, the point you made kind of at the top. I don't know that Doug Ford knows how a federation works. For like, the fucking, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. like he's an idiot, but like, he's like, oh, <laughs> I didn't want to do that. I didn't want a vaccine passport, but Justin Trudeau wouldn't make a federal one. He literally pledged money to make, take all the provinces to, to make their own because it's healthcare is the purview of the provinces. What, what do you even say to this shit? I, it's just, I mean, first of all, I mean, it depends on what you mean by passport. I mean, if, if we're talking about uh, cross-border domestic or cross-border international movement, we're talking a federal passport program. If we're talking about domestic provincial use for restaurants and bars and gyms and theaters and so forth, we're talking a provincial system. If we want a harmonized one, we're talking a system that, that cooperates uh, among the provinces and territories and the federal government. And all in one that would be good nice luck. for people right? good, <laughs> good, luck. Luck. good fucking luck uh which is deeply frustrating so i think hopefully what we get is a, an all-in-one sort of qr thing that works across provincial and international borders and locally i think what we're going to get is two different systems and it depends on where you are yeah absolutely i would because fuck that. us you know we are yeah. so scared. can't even get our medical records to transfer like i mean I, I, there are privacy issues, there are federation, there's jurisdiction issues, so on and so forth, but like, sort it out, guys. Come on. Yeah, you can't trust them to, to actually follow through. Like, yeah. that's, what's, that's what's so... It's, this yeah. is the thing with... Okay, this is the thing with the liberals, too. It's like, it doesn't matter what their platform is, because you can't really be sure that they're going to deliver on it. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Of course, that's between ethics scandals. Like, yeah. I'm tired of liberal scandals. <sighs> I'm tired of them underperforming. I'm tired of them. I'm just, I'm exhausted, man. 
Why do you hate women, Erica? Do you want the Tories? <laughs> and that is saying a lot for the state of our politics right now. That what is what's the Guyanese saying? You run from the jumbi and gotta put it up with a coffin, which basically means you run from a ghost, you have to put up with death somehow in both oh ways. God. Right. And Guyanese people. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shout out. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But it's it's like there's nowhere to turn. <laughs> there's literally nowhere to turn. We are trapped. Yeah. Because the next couple of years of whatever minority government, please let it be a minority government. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's it's going to suck. It's going to suck regardless. There's no yes- hope left. And you know what? They talked about hope in their training video. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Their platform announcement. Last night in the TVA debate, Justin Trudeau basically said, if you elect a minority, we're going to have to do this again in 18 months. And I wanted to say, like, sorry, sorry, what? What? Yeah, he basically said, look, I mean, if if we don't if we don't have a majority, we're going to have to do this again in 18 months. Mm -hmm. And I sort of wanted to say, well, we will, but I don't think you will, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) We may be doing this again, but you're going to be on the speaking circuit. But yeah, I mean, it's basically uh, wow. a, 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 effectively a threat. I mean, and, you know, again, perhaps not untrue, because again, the average life of these things, not particularly long, but like, tell me you don't want to make parliament work without telling me you don't want to make parliament mm-hmm. work. You know what I mean? Because well, the, the Teviat debate did address this very specifically. Uh, you know, will you make parliament work? Will you be in a coalition? Of course, nobody wants a coalition, sadly, because they work. Um, but yeah, this, this, this came out of that. The audacity of like wanting to get things done. Cooperate to get things done too. Yeah. Because yeah. like, I'm sorry, the, the, you know, we, look, I'm a socialist. I never, I, I hardly ever get to vote for a winner. The government governs. I get that. I want progressive policies. No, I don't want progressive policies. I want socialist policies. But I would prefer progressive policies to conservative policies. But there's a country of 100% of people, roughly 30x% percent of whom vote liberal, 30x% percent of whom vote NDP, 20x% percent of whom vote, uh, sorry, uh, vote conservative, and 20x% percent of whom vote NDP. Uh, people want different things. You got to sort it out. That means cooperating. Mm. It's not it's not fucking Russia. I'm I, Sorry. Uh, you, so your job is to sort it out in the House of Commons and in the Senate to produce policy and law that the country can live with. It's a very it's a variegated country. The liberals seem to think that everyone in the country is a liberal or, or, or is like like it's like being Catholic or a lapsed liberal, but still yeah. fundamentally at heart a liberal. I'm sorry. That's not how it works, man. Well, this is actually a great segue because, David, I was hoping that at one point we would be, you would be able to tell us about the fact that we don't elect a prime minister. We elect a government. We don't? Oh, God. What have I been doing? (laughs) I had a a person in my life, I won't say who, uh, vote for the first time years ago and text me and say, "Uh, I'm sorry, I just came out of the polling place and Justin Trudeau was not on the ballot. No! And I was like, "Uh, I have failed you. (laughs) (laughs) This is not his writing. Uh, no, in short, the way the system works is this. We have 338 elections in the country. Those return members of parliament. Those members of parliament who happen to be members of parties um, express confidence in a party and a leader in the House of Commons. And that person who holds the confidence of the House, the leader of the party who holds the confidence of the House, is the prime minister. That's effectively what we do. Uh, and so strictly speaking, you could say that the legislature kind of chooses the prime minister, although it's a little more complicated because often it's the party actually that chooses the prime minister um, or, or uh, voters think they're choosing the prime minister. So in, in the technical sense, we don't. In the other sense, people tend to vote for the person who leads the party. They tend to vote thinking of the party itself and the local candidates sort of a third thought, uh, if, if at all. So they fit, that's what people are often trying to do is pick a prime minister, but that's not what we do. And so that's why people like me get really frustrated when, when Trudeau says, well, we needed a mandate from, from the people. That's why we needed an election. We say, no, you had the confidence of the House of Commons. Uh, that means that you continue to govern. If, if they voted against you and said they didn't have the confidence anymore, then we would need an election. Uh, but instead we, we get the worst of both worlds. And it, it's, it's quite 
it's quite irritating to people like, uh, well, I think to everybody actually who didn't want to do this. So are you saying this? Okay, I hate to use this word because, you know, Republicans messed it up. So it's a legitimate election, obviously, but the reasoning is illegitimate. Well, I would say the reasoning is is inaccurate. I mean, if if or, or at least misleading. Illogical. Yeah, I mean, if, if some people will push back, they, you know, well, we had a pandemic, people have a right to say so on and so forth. And my, my response is, well, that's how an American system works. They operate off of mandates where the voters specifically say, okay, you for the next four years go um, and, and we'll review you implicitly at the midterms every two years and expressly at the, uh, the presidential every, every four here it's it's confidence we the house has the confidence of the uh, the, <laughs> the government has the confidence of the house or it doesn't and to say that they needed a mandate is to misrepresent the system because they had the mandate quote unquote through the house this was about getting a majority government this wasn't because and this came up in the TVA debate yesterday blanchette said to trudeau one of the first questions if you had a majority would we be having an election right now Oh, good question. Great question. And of course, the answer is no, which which blows up the mandate thing, right? Because if you're not going to call it when you have a majority, then obviously it's not about getting a mandate, You've, right? It's about getting a majority government. Of course, he wouldn't have gone and called a snap election saying, well, we better check into people. It's been a pandemic for 18 months. No, it's about power. It's totally about power. And he dodged the question, of course. Of course. So, so let's talk about this TV ad debate. I didn't watch it. Well, because it was in French, and I didn't. <laughs> there is an English, by the way. There is an English translation version, dub version on CPAC. If people want to watch it in English, there's a, a video up. No. Well, if other people, you don't have to. No. Yeah, fair enough. No, no. Well, I mean, like there was a whole section on issues for Quebec, and you know what? Not for me. Yeah. Not just a section. The whole. It, it was a huge part of the whole debate. Yeah. Listen, not for me. Yeah, like, fair. I don't care. <laughs> Very fair. Quebec doesn't care about the rest of Canada. I don't care about Quebec in return. Like, <laughs> you, you want mail, you words. I said what I said. Yep. Oh. Anyway. Fiat. Um, but but I, 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 saw, I saw that, yeah, they talked about, you know, all of the normal things, um, including uh, the fact that there are some sexual misconduct allegations against one of the liberal candidates. Do you explain, Aaron? It's Raj Saini. I don't know. I just anyway. see the and I don't know how to say it. I don't watch TV. That wasn't like moral, a moral standing. I just. I'm Aaron. I wake up really early and I don't watch TV. Listen, I get it. I'm TV. a trash person, TV. Aaron. I'm not watching the news. <laughs> just for folks, this is a carryover of a different discussion we we're having, which Aaron basically said, I'm a trash, I'm an immoral trash person for not getting up early. That was, I think, what I read into it. Was I, was I... <laughs> that was totally you reading into it. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did sorry. not read that. Sorry, I'm not David Moshkov who sleeps until 10 every morning. <laughs> <laughs> See, Listen. you can tell why I read into it that way now, right? Listen, that is the dream, okay? Yeah. I, don't, I can't even. I don't hate. I do I not hate. I try to sleep into 10 on the weekends and it's like eight o'clock, you're up. Can I so, just say, barring the question of, you know, people who have who have children and, and, and so on. I mean, it's a different thing if you have kids, but I'm deeply critical of the early morning wake up thing because I think it's rooted in uh, an ethos of productivity that is fundamentally exploitative and capitalist. And I just, I hate it. I, I like to push back fully recognizing that uh, most folks can't do that because capitalism forces you to wake your ass up early and drag yourself to a job you don't like only to get tired and repeat and to try to defend that as good because the market says it's good. And I, so I just sleep into 10. Also, my job's a joke. So yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so he's been, this man's been uh, accused of, you know, making inappropriate comments to staffers and uh, the like, but he's also an incumbent. And, uh, you know, Trudeau's said that there have been independent investigations into these allegations and that they have basically that they're unfounded and uh, he can, he can stay. I don't know what the motherfuck that asshole is thinking. Okay. And the backdrop of a what is it a caf <laughs> a caf sexual misconduct sexual harassment sexual assault assault scandal that's like literally 
the CAF is imploding, right? Why? Because the liberals didn't prioritize that either. And so now that Trudeau is standing behind a man who, trigger warning, created an environment where one of his staffers tried to take her own life. I mean, there is something fundamentally grotesque about that and about the power they wield and how they wield it without accountability. That is disgusts me. But don't worry, we, we believe women though, right? Like we're feminists and we believe women. How could you, how, how? And you know, and you know what the sick thing is? You know who's saving us? The conservatives. The conservatives. The conservatives are calling for a probe into workplace assessment involving Raj, Raj Saini. Yeah. The NDP as well, as of today. Rachel Blaney NDP? sent a letter. Yeah. There you go. So this yeah. isn't going away. Want a third party investigation? Exactly. The answer that he gave, the, oh, well, well you know, there's a process. I'm aware of, of his side of the complaint and there's a process and we're, you know, we're doing it through the appropriate channels. What? <laughs> what? Listen, oh my that's, God. that's a fine, like, it's a shitty, but like, okay, fine. I get it. You have to say that argument, but apparently the woman, one of the women hasn't even been involved in the process. Oh, really? So are we not listening to both sides? Both sidesism is fine when it's convenient for you, uh huh, but not when it's not. Is that what what's going on here? The liberal is going to liberal, big time. And you know, it, it, it like Erica said, it contrasts with the the Tories. I mean, it's funny is I don't know if some genius you know oppo person decided they were going to drop the the conservative thing just ahead of the deadline and, and wrong foot the Tories. Uh, maybe uh, the Tories said, okay, fine, he's out. Good for them. That's the way yeah. to do it. The no, no pussyfooting around. He's gone. But now this this falls on the liberals and they look well, like even worse. <laughs> I know. I know. Can you explain to people what you mean? Well, the Tories lost a candidate because of, uh, of allegations uh, against him. It dropped right around the, the time at which the Elections Canada filing deadline came. So you couldn't replace candidates who were already on the ballot. So after a certain point, this time it was the 30th, I think, August 30th. Um, if you're on the ballot, you're on the ballot. You stay on the ballot no matter what, even if you die. So the party can say, okay, you're not one of us anymore. It doesn't, nonetheless, you show up on the ballot, your name, your party. Uh, and then of course, if you win, the party can say, okay, you're at a caucus and so on and so forth. But um, so that happened. And so the Tories just said, okay, he's out. <laughs> like they, didn't, they didn't wait. It was fast. And of yeah. course the liberals... Uh, are continue to defend it and and it's going to continue to dog trudeau it came up today again it'll continue to come on uh, to come up and he'll continue to to have to respond to it uh rightfully so by the way but it, it uh it costs them time it costs them attention it shows them to be hypocrites it calls into question trudeau's own um uh, capacities as a leader um all to defend one candidate in one riding uh you know which is indefensible in the first place so it's pretty stunning so like what's his plan like what what is he what are he and the strategists thinking that this will just like blow over doesn't strike me as a planner (laughs) (laughs) touche david yeah so so um, Michelle Rumpel-Garner sent a letter to the clerk of the House of Commons asking for details of the review from the office. Good for her. Yeah. So basically there are seven sources of four different instances of inappropriate behavior to staffers. I, I will say one thing because it's been pissing me off. I understand that debates in Quebec will be parochial. The debate discussed some national issues. It discussed um, some Quebec issues. It discussed whether or not the Moderna factory would be built in Quebec or Ontario. They spent more time talking about the third link, the, the Quebec City Tunnel, than they did Indigenous people. Not a joke. It's not a joke. Oh. Like, I mean, I'm, it's, it's, I, I felt the same way. I'm saying like, I'm not being, I'm not being facetious. It's, they spent more time on that. They spent more time on parochial Quebec stuff than Indigenous peoples. The Indigenous reconciliation section was a joke. When they talked about structural racism, it was mostly Blanchette saying, how dare you accuse Quebec of being racist? Quebec uh, is racist. What the even fuck, with man? Bill Twenty One. No, and, and, ser- 
like Quebec's it, it was deeply racist. frustrating it's racist yeah I, so I, it's it's just it was deeply and, and like we need french language debates it's good for quebec it's good for the the many french speakers outside quebec but i'm sorry if you can't spend a, a, a substantial amount of time on climate and on indigenous peoples you want to talk minute, about the no third climate? link well it, again it, it it was it was extraordinarily weak section the strongest mm. bits were the bits that were were well there was a couple but a, a lot of them were quebec specific but i'm sorry like there are indigenous peoples in quebec by the way folks you know it, it was just deeply frustrating to watch and, and offensive and uh uh the, the the debate was otherwise fairly good but it was it was jarring so yeah. um just to uh wrap up the um Sagini issue uh mp marwan tabara ran oh, in yeah. the 2019 election despite a party investigation into allegations of sexual harassment made against him in the previous mandate so that's why he thinks he, he can get away with it because he already did mm-hmm. uh-huh. Tabara later left caucus after police charged him with breaking, break and enter, <laughs> assault and criminal harassment in an unrelated case last year. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Is this the liberal all-stars? By the way, you know what I'm guessing? You know what I'm observing? That apparently when all the women, the strong women and women of color left, that party just went to shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's just an observation. This government is very duplicitous and that's what's killing them. And I think a lot of people are just onto it. I mean, I'm not talking about the angry, I'm not talking about the white male rage out there with anti-vaxxers and, you know, before that was yellow vesters and Mm -hmm. United We Roll and before that it was something else. I'm talking about people who are usually like, all right, I I feel like the duplicity has caught up with them. Mm -hmm. At least I hope. (laughs) I think so too. And and the hypocrisy, right? People, uh, there's some, I remember seeing some research on this way back being like, you know, people can forgive a liar, but they really don't like a hypocrite. (laughs) was basically the upshot of it. Like they really find it deeply offensive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've said this today. We've said this before. They just think we're dumb. Yeah. They do. They disrespect the public all the time they disrespect us i don't know i just feel like the with the last you know year and a half the things that we've even been marching for the things that we've been appalled by the collective whatever we were doing the listening the learning i feel like it's gone out the window i feel like nobody gives a fuck that's what i feel like and it's deeply it's really it's disappointing okay. what's up with the greens <laughs> I mean, is, that a, is that a rhetorical question I think they're tired and under-resourced and disorganized. And I, 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 again, I'm deeply frustrated that Annamie Paul didn't have the chance to run a campaign on her own terms with some lead, way, lead time in preparation, because whatever you think of her, she was duly elected the leader of the party and she should have been given an honest shot uh, and, and instead of she got a party in disarray and didn't get that chance. And I think it's it's deeply disrespectful and counterproductive. And even though I disagree with her about several things. Uh, Same. It's so too do bad. I. And then so you get unforced nonsense like her accidentally endorsing the liberals. And I'm sorry, like, I get it. It's a cute little gaffe. Everyone gets to, to, to laugh about. I was, you know, I laughed too. And she accidentally endorsed the liberal plan, which meant the Greens mm-hmm. on the environment. But like Justin Trudeau bought a pipeline. So let's focus up. <laughs> <laughs> and Aaron O'Toole will buy another one. Yeah. I will say it was nice to have a debate this week because it meant that there was a whole day where the party, the leaders were just prepping and just laying low. And you could just kind of avoid much of the, the fray if you really wanted to. Oh, that sounds very nice. Yeah, it does. <laughs> how do, how do you get that job? My mom wanted me to be a doctor, like a real doctor, not a PhD. Oh. I chose this. So do you have your PhD or are you just yeah. defending it? No, I've had it for years. Oh, okay. I just don't <laughs> he know. is a doctor. Yeah, yeah that's what I was trying to establish. I just don't, you know, I just don't care about it. 
you don't advertise it. No, I don't, and I don't, I don't begrudge those. I don't, I don't begrudge those who do. I mean, there's lots of reasons, especially among people who have had to struggle real ass hard to get it. Yeah. Uh, You know, I, I certainly don't begrudge people who do, especially racialized folks, especially women, so on and so forth. I just, for me, don't particularly care. And it's, that's a reflection of of privilege uh, for sure. It's also a reflection of who I am as a person. It's just, I don't really care about titles and things like that. Uh, Even though I, you know, also had to fight pretty hard for stuff but uh no i don't really i don't really wear it sometimes it gets used and that's fine but i actually think it sort of misleads is one of the reasons i don't use it because i i'm not a professor right now i'm not in any sort of position of, of, of official authority um i'm not trying to lead with with a claim to particular expertise that people ought to defer to right so i I mostly shelve it. So I like to be called D money or uh, white Dave. <laughs> white Dave. <laughs> D money is my gamer tag. I swear to God, it's true. It's been my gamer tag for like 16 years, but I get, I, I get rightfully mocked for it all the time. So I'm trying to own it. See, you just look less attractive. Look at you. <laughs> so when yeah. you slide into David's DMs, edge off. when you D-money. slide into David's D-money. DMs, D money. Call him D money, but maybe also be like, "Hello, doctor." Ooh. <laughs> doctor please, Dave, please, please, someone's gonna actually do that. I know. <laughs> oh, don't don't do that. Don't do please, that. Please That's don't all do we that. know. But please please also do it so he can yell at me in text messages. Uh, oh, I've never my. yelled at anybody, and have I ever yelled at you in text messages? No. Uh, no. No. We get along surprisingly well. <laughs> Is this not a joy for you? It absolutely is. It absolutely is. <laughs> All right. Well, it seems as though Erica is experiencing some technical difficulties. So, uh, David, I think uh, I think that about does it. Do you have any debate plans for the English debate this week? I was going to be sassy about it on the internet. Oh. Yeah, because I think Eric and I are hosting a Twitter space on Thursday. Are you going to be there? Uh, yes. Listen, you accepted the meeting invite. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I got to drop in and out. So because I'm going to listen, I'm going to live tweet, I'm going to do media, I'm, but, I, but I will be I will be logged into it and listening. But, Amazing. Uh, yeah. Can't wait to I gotta, hear. But I got to listen to it because I got to write about it. So I also have to, you mm. know. Got you know that multitasking. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll be back with another Women of Color on the Campaign Trail episode later this week. So stay tuned for that. Bye. See y'all. 